Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. We're going to do a little thing, something a little bit different today. I'm actually going to be interviewed, and I've asked uh, um, a gentleman by the name of Dennis Katsanos. That's right. His name is Dennis as well, and Dennis <laughs> has got uh, 20 years of broadcasting experience, and he's done many interviews um, of people from around the world, and uh, so it's going to be very exciting for Dennis to be with me here on the show and uh, actually interview me. Dennis, welcome to you. Thank you very much, Dennis. I must admit, when you asked me to interview for the 200th show, I was really, really excited. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't believe in such a short space of time you've, you've hit 200 episodes. Before we get into it, any memorable moments for you, any standout moments that um, across the episodes? Because I've noticed in, in my research, you've got Christopher Luxon, John Lee Dumas, Tracy Abara, Travis Chappell, you know, Joanna McCress, there's some, some names in there. They're just some of the ones that I listened to before we came on. And um, they're all outstanding, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um... But I've got to actually say that the first recording that I did was really, really quite special. Um, and then to see it go live, I think that was pretty cool. And we actually, I had a deadline to get it live, go live. Of course, we were in lockdown uh, over a year ago. And, um, and I thought, well, I want to launch it. So I decided to do that. But I pushed the production team to help me get it live, go live. And they said, we've never done it this quick before. And um, it was pretty quite cool for it to happen. And for it to go and see it to come to life uh, has been really special. Doing the 50th episode, the 100th episode um, has been very special indeed. And now the 200th episode and, and having you join me on this, to, on this session has been, is pretty cool, man. I think it's, I think it's just absolutely amazing. And I, and I must admit, I've, I've listened to a lot of, not every single, um, not every single podcast, but some of the, um, some of the lessons in there. I was listening to the resilience one uh, just the other day and I thought, yep. That's, uh, there's definitely a lot of lessons in there for me. Um, Dennis, I'm going to ask you the first question you ask everyone. Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, um, I, I was born in New Zealand and grew up here and uh, went to school and college in New Zealand and, and um, really grew up in the coffee industry. Mum and Dad, um, as you know, uh, we were in the coffee industry. I've been in the coffee industry 61 years, which has been pretty amazing. And... Um, that's where I grew up. So at the age of seven, well, here I was in the behind the counter at the shop uh, every day after school, every day, every weekend, school holidays. We were at the shop working, and um, it was really great. But you know what? That taught me a lot, and it taught me a lot about work ethic. It taught me a lot about commitment and so forth. Don't get me wrong. We we did have the the childhood stuff that we went to the movies and out so forth. But there's one thing that really stuck out for me in my childhood, and that was this. 
that even though my dad got up to go to, and my parents got up in the morning at 4 a.m. in the morning to go to the cafe and do things like that, and then we come home at 5.30 p.m., we would have dinner. In daylight saving, my dad was the only dad in the neighborhood that would go down to the local park with the kids to go and play cricket, um, touch rugby and all that sort of stuff. And it just showed me that even though he was probably really tired and all that, he was still there for us as kids, but he also wanted to go out there and enjoy it as well for him. And and, um, that just showed me that he had a very strong work ethic, but it was something that he he was committed to doing as well, which was which was pretty cool. Pretty outstanding, working a 13-hour day, um, particularly by the time it got to sort of Friday, Saturday, I'd be spent, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then from, from for me, you know, going to college and so forth, I've really had leadership roles um, throughout the whole period of time and um, then into corporates, of course, and uh, doing things around in the IT space and then getting into leadership roles and then converting into the coaching and leadership development stuff that I've been doing for nearly 25 years. And um, then I decided to go and do that full-time 17 years ago, if not longer, um, in the HR space. And it's been been fantastic. So Dennis, you, you touched on, obviously, you got a taste for it younger at college and obviously through working at your, your parents' um, cafe, et cetera. So how did you formally get into leadership? Or what was that spark or that moment that you thought, right, this is the direction I'm going to go in? Well, I've always wanted to join the police, to be honest. And um, and wow. uh, I remember every morning and every night I would go under my bed and I have these little brochures that I pulled out from the police and I would just watch and read these magazines day in, day out. And that was something I wanted to pursue. But then I um, I got engaged and uh, my fiance at the time said to me, hey, it's either the police or me, you've got to choose. And I'm like, mm, okay, so I chose her. And, um, of course, 10 years later, we divorced. But I think the big thing for me was there was a real big lesson for me about following your dream and, um, and making sure that you stick to something that you wanted to go and do. And so that was around leadership as well. But I actually remember at primary school, they pulled me aside and said that, you know, we don't have a head boy or head girl, but if we did, it ought to be you. And I was like, oh, wow. And then when I went to um, intermediate, but into college more in particular, that's where I started leading teams and whether it's on committees I was within the community or sporting teams and things like that, that's where a lot of that leadership side of things started for me. And then of course I got involved with a whole lot of other stuff and network marketing and other things too. And I, I learned so much about leadership, um, but then back in the corporate world, that's where I got to apply a lot of it and also in the community and different things that I did, whether it was coaching, you know, disabled children and sort of like the Paralympics type scenario, but it was for the local community. And uh, doing a lot of that kind of side of things. And, and it was really, really amazing to see and actually pulling that in t- together and helping people out. So to answer your question, it's been throughout the whole of my life that it's just been there all the time. Uh, I'm the oldest of four, and um, I've always felt like I've had a, a leadership role and in, in, in being the oldest and so forth. But uh, the other three probably won't even won't agree with that. <laughs> but I, I don't, have, knowing, knowing your brothers and sisters, uh, yeah, your, your brother and sisters, I was going to say, I don't think they will. Yeah. Dennis, one thing I've noticed about leadership is sometimes there are some people that are, that have got potent, fantastic potential to be a leader, but they can't get their voice heard. Is, is there any way to cut through, say, you know, a gr- group situation like you're in, for example, sports team, et cetera, you know you've got the goods, but there seems to be that sort of more extroverted person or, or, or loudmouth person or the guy that can score a few more tries than you. But as a complete package, you're probably better. Um, and many of us might have worked for 
the, the guy that you don't want to work for and you don't know how they got the promotion because you're about 10 times better than them or, mm. or, or lady, so to speak. Any mm. thoughts on, on how you can maybe be seen a little bit more or? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I, I find that even if you're sitting in a meeting, let's take a meeting scenario of a team, you're right. There'll be the one, two or three people in there, the extroverts out there speaking a lot, saying a lot. But sometimes I find it's just a lot of talk or a lot of noise. And just that's just the way they are. They like to, to, to talk out their thinking rather than think about things. And then you've got others in the room who sometimes you go, are they in the meeting? Because they're so quiet. They don't say anything, right? And then they are analyzing things. They're more analytical people. And then what they do towards the end, they'll say something and everyone goes, huh. And it's like, it's the nugget. It's the big insight. It's the, it's the big thing. So that's one scenario. But then the other scenario is, I think it's really important that we as leaders find our voice and that we find our feet, our confidence to speak up. And I find that a lot of people aren't speaking up enough. And our teams need you to speak up. They want you to speak up. They want you to represent them. And if you have to fight for that or put it in a way that's very strong context, that people understand it, I'm going to encourage the listeners to make sure that they do do that because I don't think it's been enough, uh, been done enough, Dennis. Who was your favorite leader? It could be alive, dead, historic, you know, uh, and, and why? I've got two, actually. One is the one I've already mentioned, which is dad, right? Um, you know, being that strong work ethic and uh, the commitment. And, you know, he's turning 80 uh, coming up in a few months' time, and he's still getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning. He's still at the door by 10 past 6 in the morning. He's still walking to the, to the roastery and doing what he needs to do. And, um, and he works, and he's, and, he's, and he's just loving it. But he's, he just shows that he's committed again, the work ethic, and nothing phases him. He just gets on with it, uh, which is pretty cool. And then the other one is my grandfather. Um, so his name, my name is Dionysios uh, in Greek, and um, that's his name too. So I was the first one of the grandchildren named after him. And um, in a small island in, uh, in Greece below Corfu, and uh, Prince Philip, of course, was born in Corfu. And um, so he, my grandfather on the island, was the president of the island for about 28 years and uh, kind of guy who would go to the mainland to fight for the people and the businesses in the island. And um, heard a lot about him and, and uh, the family is saying, because I've only spent of all my life probably only about nine months with him, so about six months with him when I was the age of five, and then three months with him when I was the age of 21. And, and then I actually did spend some another month, I think, after that too, after I got married. But the guy was the kind of guy who would actually say things and would actually have a voice to say things, and that's going back to the other question you asked before, right? And so he did, get, he was, he did make sure that he was heard, but not only did he say things, but he was actually heard what he was actually saying. And that's a real, real key. And um, the family are saying that the way he speaks, the way he stands, the way he portrays himself and all that when he was alive, you know, I'm doing exactly the same thing. Apparently, they, they reckon it's, it's their dad living again. I'm like, wow. Um, so it's pretty cool. So it's, it's interesting. So I think it's those two who have been very, very influential for me as, as, a, as a person. It's interesting you say that, Dennis, because a, a couple of things that you've touched on in a, a couple of the podcasts that I've listened to are attitude, um, the six inches between your ears, and um, your dad and your grandfather, the time that I spent with them, always really, really positive, even in adversity when there's you know th things, some real challenges that they're facing. 
um, and also the power of words, which is another one that you've talked about is how they speak to you. Like when uh, Lambros, your dad talks to you, you, you really listen and you hang on every word because of the way that he says it to you. And, and I feel that you have very similar traits in that. Is that something that you think that you've picked up from both of them? Uh, yeah, I think I have. And, um, you know, the listening is, you've, everyone has to work at it, right, for sure. And because of my coaching experience and being able to work with people, it's actually listening to what they say and then listening to what they're not saying. And uh, listening to what they're not saying is very powerful, uh, for sure. Going back to the six inches between your ears, I think that's really important. It was all about attitude. And a lot of things in life are out of our control. But there are two things that are in our control, our attitude and the way we react to things. And then the second thing, piece is where we're going next. And um, it's the going next that's really, really important. Rather than freezing or being stuck there because you don't know what's, what's happening, is just getting on with things and moving forward. Now, easy for me to say it, but not always easy to do, to do right? So it's an interesting uh, dilemma for a lot of people for sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.